Oh, hello, and welcome to the Ad Tech Forum. Today is episode three of our five-part series on creative, brought to you by Flash Talking by MediaOcean. We're so excited to get episode three started. Today, our guest, Ali Schnitzer. Ali loves the Texas Longhorns and telling people how to spend their money, which is always fun. She spent 10 years on the agency side in Chicago, working across various clients and verticals before moving over to PepsiCo four years ago. Ali currently handles all of retail media clients such as Target, 7-Eleven, and Circle K. So we're super excited to have her here. Ali, you're covering one of the hottest sectors in advertising. As the retail media lead across major, major partners, as ATG just alluded, walk us through some of the madness behind creative testing. Some of your madness, some of PepsiCo's madness. Uh, yeah, retail media is kind of like the hot new girl at school. So everyone's really excited about her, but there's still a bit of mystery about it, um, which is kind of fun uh, sometimes. But I mean, we get a lot of rich data um, and it's a little bit of a blessing and a curse. Sometimes there's a lot of opportunity to use that data in a variety of ways, um, but it's sometimes difficult to determine like how do we actually decision appropriately given it's still in some cases very nascent um, and we're, you know, tying our sales ourselves to like actual metrics like sales and things. But a lot of the RMNs um, from what we've seen sometimes will lack the appropriate capabilities to give us like the actual metrics that we want. So we'll do a lot of testing or we'll try a lot of things, but the actual metrics that we lean on sometimes aren't necessarily what we would want or a little bit more directional. So it's, it's sometimes, you know, you just have to make a gut decision. Like, are we okay with using, you know, what we have or, um, do we maybe need more time or, you know, diff- different testing or different metrics to look at to actually like decision off of it? What are some of those major metrics that you're decisioning off of? Close of sales. I mean, that's really like the the biggest unlock, honestly. Um, in some cases, we get it. In some cases, you know, from some platforms, you know, our favorite walled gardens and things out there, there are just a lot of privacy challenges. Uh from a platform perspective, as well as from a retailer, right? So like we're we're blessed, we're hashtag blessed to have the retailer data, right? The audiences, we're tapping into, you know, loyalty cards and things like that, that provide a lot of that. So some are definitely more sensitive than others um, in terms of some of that data sharing that allows us to, um, you know, test a bunch of things and then use those log files and t- connect it back to the thing. So We'll put a bunch of things in market. And in most cases, you know, we hope for closed loop sales that will allow us to understand, you know, the incrementality piece of it. Um, but in a lot of cases, you know, we're, we're somewhat uh, you know, limited. So that leads us to our next question then, Allie. How important are creative personalization and optimization across the different partners? Because you just mentioned several different partners. Help us understand. Yeah, for from a retail perspective, right? Again, we're we're super blessed. So like we're again tied hashtag to hashtag. Are we still doing that? I don't know. Um, we're st- we're we have the ability to leverage awesome data, and you know it sh- it should kind of be like a very low hanging fruit, like such a slam dunk for us, right? Like we know who you are, we know where you're shopping, we know what you're buying, whether it's in the category or our brands or something else. Like we, this should be a very easy exercise. For us, um, in terms of, you know, tailoring that creative based on, you know, are you near a Kroger and I know that you're a specific type of a grocery shopper or, you know, I know that you're buying Gen Merch at Target 
Uh, how can I um, get you to, how can I upsell you into the grocery aisle? Things like that. It should be very easy for us. But again, with some of those like privacy concerns and things like that, um, we're a little unable to because again, we're, we're leveraging a lot of the RMNs. Um, from a CNG perspective, uh, we don't yet have like a true um, partner that is retailer owned. So we get to use third parties, which is really nice because they, they, they're they not tied to anybody um, and they have a lot more freedom and flexibility. So we are able to test a lot more and do a lot more personalization. Um, it, it's not necessarily as sexy and as fun, right? A lot of it, it's like, it's a gas station, it's a convenience store. So it's a little bit trickier just because the behavior is a little bit different. But um, you know, if you're in an urban area, right? Like I walk past the same 7-Eleven every day and like pick up something before I go work out, right? Like we should be able to, you know, while I'm checking scores or something, like serve you an ad because you're close to a 7-Eleven and we know that you're buying a Celsius or you're buying a fast twitch or something. Like that's where we like should, you know, be able to do that very easily. But again, we do have some challenges in that area from the the proper RMNs. Um, and, you know, what we've been seeing is just like from a, a resources perspective and like roadmap, it's not something necessarily that the RMNs themselves are building. Um, it's it's expensive, right, to build that technology out and to like bring that in-house as in part of your own stack. Um, but we also see some hesitancy to leverage some of these third parties because again, it, it does require data sharing. So we're kind of at this crux of like, is it worth it to spend a lot of money to go create something that lives in-house that can do the personalization because we know it's where we should be going? Or do we, you know, relax a little bit on some of the privacy concerns and, you know, get into a good place where we can go contract with some of these other third parties using retailer data to ensure that we are going down the, the right creative path from a personalization perspective? So with the right creative path, where does automation play into this with your retail media partners? Yeah. I mean, again, right now it's like some of the like usual suspects, right? It's location, time of day, day of week, things like that. Are you, if you're serving to someone uh, early in the morning on a Saturday while they're walking by a 7-Eleven, maybe they, you know, need a different type of hydration product than if it's two o'clock in the afternoon and maybe they're headed to a class or something. So automating, um, you know, whether it's um, a G Fit bottle for when you're going to work out versus like a regular core Gatorade when you're a little baby homeover in the morning, um, things like that, just automating based on those triggers, um, as well as things like um, from an e-com perspective, like we we can see what's happening from an inventory perspective, right? So like if they're out of stocks or um, things like that, or if there are specific like promos or value offers during that time, like we should be able to pull that in automatically. And it, and it should look different day to day. You know, if you know, I've already, I already bought a Pepsi one day, like don't serve me another Pepsi at the next day, like serve me, you know, either a different Bev or a chip or something else. And so that's where that automation like should be coming in is not relying on our team to say like, hey, we know that you buy this and we think the pairings in your creative should be these two things. It should really be based on the data that we're using and what we already know and like featuring it that way. And again, pulling in pack shots from the site or, you know, update different flavors based on what we know you've already purchased, things like that. Ali, I have a question for you. So, you know, you talk a lot about data and personalization and customizing creative based off of, you know, time of day and location and potentially their mindset, right? Like, are they hungover? They, 
just come out of work and, and need to, like a refreshing, delicious drink or, or hydration for their skin. How do you find kind of some of this data loss, signal loss happening, affecting, you know, personalization and how important is that and how it plays a role in creative overall? Yeah, I think um, one of the biggest places we see this is in um, in our ROI, like models and our MMMs and things. Um, we typically have seen um, really strong effectiveness where we've done personalization. But as you start to see a dip of that, you know, you start to wonder, like, is it some of that more like long tail creative or some of those like longer tail impressions that are being served at a smaller scale um, that are so specific that just aren't being as impactful or have to be served, you know, at an over frequency perspective um, that again, just makes it like inefficient and ineffective. So something that we've been trying to do is, you know, looking at our, whether we make it quartiles or, or something, but like, let's look at the top 50% of impressions that were served from a personalization perspective and focus on there and kind of remove some of those like creative um, pairings or some of that like specific personalization that is only being served to like a really small amount of people that again, just isn't being impactful. Um, so optimizing that way to say like, here's where the, like the good scale is and like, here's where we're seeing good performance and ensuring that we can keep the, um, effectiveness as well as the returns, you know, as high as possible. Amazing. As we're kind of starting off the year and there's been a lot of buzz about so many different terms, the last 12 months. Which one in particular do you think is going to be playing the biggest role for creative in 2024? What's your prediction there? Um, okay. I know I'm the third person to do this. So I hope that not everyone has already said this uh, and I hope I don't get canceled. Um, but AI, I know there's, you know, that's, it's a trigger word for, for some folks. Um, and there's been a lot of discourse about it in, in various industries. Um, I think in ours and sorry to, you know, all of my creative agency friends, but. I think it's going to enable, you know, the opportunity for faster creative testing and just efficiencies. Um, you know, every dollar matters. And so, you know, we, we at least think of ourselves a little bit as performance marketers, right? So when you're looking at non-working versus working dollars, um, it really does make a difference. So I, again, I think the AI can help in some of that personalization and some of that automation, which Frees it's, it's a little bit of a creative destruction to, to some degree, but it frees up you know resources and timing uh, and, and time for people to be able to like actually analyze the data or you know help actually decision off of it and look at it and say like where should we be investing and maybe again that's where we do some of the testing and we see like hey it's really again these four or five things then you can go to creative agencies or things like that and say like hey let's focus on this but I do think that there there is a, a need for it um, in terms of, again, just some of the like performance gains as well as um, some of those like cost efficiencies and things. I loved your feedback on all of these questions. We really appreciate you being here. I want to thank everybody who tuned in today for this episode of the EdTech Forum, episode three, brought to you by Flash Talking by MediaOcean. We've obviously covered a lot of topics in a very short period of time. So tune in next week for another episode. And thank you, Ali, for being here. Thank you, Ali. Thanks, y'all.